Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Garden the doors of your hearts. In First Samuel chapter 16, First Samuel chapter 16, the Bible tells the story of when God was looking to replace the king called King Saul. Bible makes us to understand that uh, God sent Samuel to the house of a man called Jesse. And when he got to that particular man's house, the Bible says that Jesse had seven sons. And because he had that seven sons, when Samuel showed up, Bible said that he started walking one by one his sons to the son to, to started walking his sons one by one in the presence of Jesse uh, in the presence of Samuel. And the Bible tells us, let's pick up the story from verse number six of First Samuel chapter sixteen. First Samuel chapter 16, reading from verse number 6. The Bible tells us, and so it was, when they came, he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance, nor, his stat, nor at his physical stature, because I have refused him. Now that seemed to be very, very interesting, because you will understand that Samuel was a highly respected prophet. Samuel was somebody who had been hearing from the Almighty God right from the time he was a little boy. Samuel had experience in knowing what the Lord Almighty was saying. And now God, after Samuel saw this man called Eliab, the Bible says that the Lord God, Samuel picked him. And the Lord said, no, this you have made a mistake on this one. This is not the kind of person that I, that I want. The question then is, why is it that the Lord God Almighty said no to Samuel? Why did the Lord say no to this particular choice that Samuel made? Why the Lord God Almighty reject this man Eliab? Why not Eliab? Why, why did the Lord say Eliab? I don't want this particular guy. If you look at verse number 7 of the same chapter, the Bible tells us there, For the Lord does not see as a man sees. Okay? The Lord does not see as a man sees. For men look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In other words, Eliab might be acceptable to you, Samuel. Eliab might be good in the eyes of the world. Eliab might be the favorite person to win the most popular man in town. Eliab might be the person that has the, that has the built of being the guy in charge. But as far as God was concerned, this guy, the Lord will not commit the nation of Israel into his hands. In other words, there is something about this particular individual that God saw. And God said, no, I don't want to give this responsibility to this man. There was something in the heart of Eliab. There is something that God saw in the heart of Eliab that disqualified him. And if you go down to that same, in the same book of First, First Samuel chapter 16, the Bible tells us that the sons of Eli and the sons of Jesse, they all continue to pass in front of, uh, of, uh, of Samuel. And the Bible says that Samuel did not pick any one of them. But someone knew that God has sent him to the house of Jesse. So he asked Jesse, he said, do you have any other person? Do you have any other son? 
The Bible tells us that that was when the name of David was floated. And by the time you get to verse number 12, the Bible says, So when he sent and brought him in, he was ruddy, with bright eyes, looking and uh, good looking. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint, for this is the one. Arise, anoint, and this is the one. The obvious question is, why David? Why not Eliab? What is it about David that God was interested in? What is it in the, what was it about David that captured the heart of God? That made God say, yes, this is the guy that I want to be able to go. I want you to now hold your Bible, you know, if you have your Bible, open the book of Acts of the Apostles chapter 13. Acts 13. Reading from verse number 22, you will see the reason why the Almighty picked David. Acts chapter 13, reading from verse number 22, the Bible says, He raised up for them David as king. As to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. I want you to for that, I want you to underscore that. A man after my heart, who will do all my will. In other words, God chose David because David had something. That resonated with the heart of the Almighty God. God chose David because his line, the heart of uh, the heart of David, aligned with the heart of the Almighty God. God chose David because there was something in the heart of that David that made sure that was properly uh, that was properly aligned to the heart of the Almighty God. David loved the things of God. David David's heart was in the right place. The Bible said that he will do everything that God wants him to do. In other words, his heart was for the Almighty God, and that was why the Lord Almighty chose him. That was why you will, that's why you see two people will be doing, you will be in the same environment. They're probably working in the same company, probably walking, you know, attending the same church. One will be getting a blessing, the other one will not get it. One will be getting promotion, the other one will not get it. Two people will walk into a new place. One will be beloved, the other person, nobody wants to talk to that person. The simple reason is that you will find that when the heart of a man, the difference of that particular situation is because of the heart of the individual. And when the heart of an individual is in the right place, the people will see it. If your heart is in the right place, Anything you do will begin to, you know, people will begin to take notes. When you begin, when you, when you are walking, you begin to see that your heart is reflected in that wall. When you are doing the service to the Lord, people will begin to see that service. That yes, you are passionate about what you do. The heart will always tell you the direction that your life will be going. The same is also true. If your heart is not in something, people can tell. If you show up to work and you don't like your job, people can tell. If you go into the presence of somebody and you don't like that person, people can tell. If you are in a particular church and you are not happy with it, people can tell. Your heart will always reveal where your direction of life will be going. So David was chosen to lead the nation of Israel because his heart was aligned with the Almighty God. Now beyond that particular area of alignment with the Almighty God, the question that comes to mind is that why is God always interested in the heart of a man when he's dealing with a man? Why is God so interested in the heart? Why is it that when God is dealing with people, he concentrates on their hearts? He doesn't care what you are doing for him. He doesn't care the, you know, the amount of noise you are able to make for him. He doesn't care the things that you are able to accomplish for him. He wants to see what's in the heart. Why is the heart so important to the Almighty God? Why is the heart so important? Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, I want us to start reading from verse number 43. Luke 6, reading from 43, the Bible says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruits. A good tree does not bear bad fruits. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruits. For every tree is known by its fruits. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble tree. A good man, 
out of the good treasures of his heart, bring forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, bring forth evil. For out, I want you to look at the last, that, that last part of that verse. He said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? The mouth speaks. In other words, no, you can camouflage. You can, you, you can put up a front. You can give us a kind of an idea that you are what you are not. But the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the things that are inside your heart will one way or the other find its way through your mouth. It will come out. Now, from this verse of the scripture, I want to show you know the, the, the Lord. I want to give you a reason why the Lord God Almighty is interested in the heart of a man. From this verse of the scripture, I want to show you the reason why the Lord God Almighty concentrates on the heart of a man. The first reason why the Lord God Almighty concentrates on your heart is because the content of your heart determines the, 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 determines what your life will produce. The content of your heart, what is inside your heart will determine the kind of what, what your life will produce. If you have good stuff inside your heart, the Bible says that your good things will follow you. If you have bad stuff in your heart, bad stuff will follow you. You see somebody who is always grumbling, you will find that they will never be satisfied. But somebody who is always happy, somebody who has joy in his spirit, even in the most terrible condition, they have something to thank God for. When somebody, you know, when somebody is a very critical individual and they are always very pessimistic, you will see the sun is coming. When people are rejoicing and they are telling, ah, this is a good time for me to get a good time, that is when they will say, that's when you have a skin, but uh, yeah, what do you call it? Uh, is it that uh, is the bone skin or what do you call that thing? Sunburn. When everybody is saying that they are going to get a tan, you will, they will be talking about having a, you know, having a uh, sunburn. So the idea is that what is in your heart determines what your life will produce. That's why God is interested in it. Because God saw David. He said, in the heart of this guy, I know if I walk with him, he's going to produce good stuff. And so I'll give him the responsibility. So God is interested in your heart because the content of your heart determines what your life will produce. And that you cannot produce what is not inside of you. If you are not happy, my brothers and sisters, you can fake it. It's not going to happen. If there is no joy in your soul, if there is no joy in your spirit, you can fake it as much as possible. People who know can tell. That you are faking it. That there is no joy in your spirit. And that's why you be around some people. You find that they are depressing people. Not because of what they are saying. But because of what is inside their heart. Number two. Why is God interested in the heart of an individual? God is interested in your heart. Because the content of your heart. Shape how people see you. And how people relate with you. The person you notice that you there are some people that everybody wants to relate with. Why? Because they exude joy, they exude happiness, they exude confidence. And there are some people you want to run away from because anytime you stay with them, they always bring down your spirit. And you, the, 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 the Lord Almighty is interested in the heart of an individual because the Bible says, For every tree is known by its fruit. The fruit of your heart is what you see, is what people see when they see you. What is inside your heart is reflected in the way people see you. You are known and related to by the content of your heart. You never, most of us, will never relate with people who have a bitterness in their spirit. They don't. Most people will not. Because you don't want that kind of infection upon your life. So the content of your heart determines how people will relate with you. Number three, God is interested in your heart because it dictates, you know, the content of your heart dictates the expression of your lips. The content of your heart determines the expression of your lips. And that's why the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
When you have a load of crap inside your, inside your mind, you will find that, that your mouth will begin to spew rubbish. And that is why some people will, cannot say a sentence without lacing it with a lot of profanity. That's because in their heart, it's loaded with a lot of profanity. While there are some people you talk to them, every word they say is a word of blessing. Why? Because their heart is loaded with blessing. Your mouth, your, your, the Lord is interested in your heart because the content of your, of your heart determines the expressions that comes out of your mouth. Your mouth will reveal what is in your heart, no matter how you try to hide it. It will be there. It will reveal it. The implication of these verses of scripture is that your life is shaped by the things that you allow inside your hearts. Your life is shaped by the things that you allow inside your heart. If you claim that you are not happy, you don't have to blame the whole world. Look at what is inside your hearts. And if you see somebody who is happy, look at what is in their hearts. If you see somebody who is making progress, look at what is in their heart. If you see somebody whose job is prospering, or whose business is prospering, or whose talent is being explored, explored, look at the attitude in their hearts. Your heart, your future is shaped by the content of your heart. In other words, good life is the product of a good heart. And a bad life is the product of a bad heart. And that's why the Bible tells us, Jesus Christ himself said in the book of Mark chapter 7, that we read during that time of reading this morning. Mark chapter 7, reading from verse number 18. He said, he, so he said to them, Are you those without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? What enters into the heart of a man, what enters from the outside does not defile you. What defiles you is what is already inside. Okay? And that is why you remember in those days when we were back in Nigeria, you have this, uh, you know, when you buy pure water. I tell people, when you see Okocha running up and down inside that pure water, you know that that is not the Okocha that will kill you. Eh? If you know, you know what I mean by Okocha? Okay. Impurities. When you see impurities inside the water, eh? you see them, if you carry them, if you take that, if you take that uh, water, if you take that uh, bag of water, you will see the impurities running up and down inside of it. We refer to those impurities as Okocha because it's like playing football running up and down inside the water, but that's a story for another day. When you see those impurities, that is not what is going to kill you. The impurities you don't see, that's the one that kills you. If you talk to a soldier, they say, if you see a bullet coming, that's not the bullet that is going to kill you. The bullet you don't see, you don't even know. You're already dead before you know that the bullet hits you. You understand the idea? The point we are making is the Lord, the Lord is saying that, do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside does not defile him? Because it does not enter into his heart. But into his stomach and is eliminated, thus purifying off. In other words, whatever you eat is going to go out as excreta. He said, and, and, and he said, what comes out of a man is what defiles him. Why? Because it is from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murder, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eyes, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defiles a man. So what you see, what is coming from the outside is not the problem. It's what is already inside. What is for what is bombarding you from the outside is not the real issue. It's what you allow inside. What is inside your heart? That is what causes the problem. And that's why God places a lot of emphasis on your heart. Because your heart is where the engine is actually being generated. Now, if our lives are shaped by the, our thoughts, is shaped by the things that are in our heart, if the good life is a result of a good heart, you will expect that everybody will do everything possible to make sure that your heart is good. I mean, that's the expectation. 
And if you are sure tomorrow that the Powerball is going to give you a hundred million dollars, everybody here will go and buy the Powerball ticket, right? If you have a corner on that number, you know that once you get to that gas station and you pick that thing, that is the winning ticket. Everybody will line up to go there. If we know that the heart of an individual is that is what determines their future, is what directs their future, you will expect that everybody will do what they will do. Their, they will do their best to make sure that their heart is properly covered, that their heart is pro- that their heart is right with the Almighty God. You will expect that many will make sure that they carefully manage their thought, that they do everything that they do, not to allow evil to come in. You will expect that they will, you know, they, 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 that if if they know that good thoughts produce good life, you will expect that they will do everything possible to make sure that they have a good heart. But the unfortunate thing is that we don't. The unfortunate thing is that a lot of people know that, but they will not do anything about it. What you see is that many fill their heart with hate. They fill their heart with envy. They fill their heart with unforgiveness. And then they wonder why life is not going the way they want it to go. You see a person, it's just like a person who spent, who, who, who kind of uh, spent all his income on useless things and then wonder why he's behind. It's no brainer. If you fill your heart with trash, you will live a trashful life. So the idea is that many people fill their life. Some, you know, for some reason we expect our lives so you know to be healthy. We expect to have a good relationship when we don't even want to talk to people. We want, you know, we walk around, you know, with frown and expect people to smile at you. Okay, you expect people to love you when you are unloving and unforgiving. People do a lot of interesting things. You know, their heart is whether is is what takes you further, but you are not doing anything about it. It does not work that way. The Bible tells in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Reading from verse number 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. Why? Because it says, out of that heart comes the issues of life. In other words, the direction that your life will go. The blessings that you will experience. The success that you will go after. All these things are resident inside your heart. He said that's why you should keep your heart with all diligence. The question then is that if our lives is shaped by our thought, and we know why are we not managing it? Why is it that people find it very difficult to make sure that their heart is pure before the Almighty God? Let me suggest to you that many of us do not manage our heart. We do not guard the gate of our heart because number one, we do not know the danger of an unguarded heart. We don't know the danger. When you allow your mind to roam around, to go up and down, to go, you know, you are sitting down here, but your mind is somewhere in Florida or somewhere in uh, in Maine. If your heart is running up and down, you don't know the danger of unguarded heart. That's why we allow these things to happen. And that's why somebody can sit down there and begin to daydream. There are people who can daydream how they will build a castle in the air or how they will build their house under the water. They can do that all day. And if you do that, you are not really engaging in any productive event, you are not engaging in any productive venture, and then you wonder why you are not successful. Many of us do not guard our heart because we don't know the danger of an unguarded heart. Number two, many of us do not guard our heart because, because we don't know the power of thought for shaping the future. You don't know the power that is inside that of your, the inside of your heart. Because if you believe you can do something, then you can do it. If you believe you cannot do something, no matter how much power is given to you, you will not be able to do it. If you believe you are going to fail a test, you don't even need to take that test because you've already failed inside your heart. If you look at the athletes, the time that the athletes, you know, that's why you find out that when you look at a coach, he gathers his own people together and he begins to tell them, hey, yeah, we're going to whoop their butt. Yes, we're going to move forward. Yes, the reason he's doing that is to be able to prep them all so that they can believe in their own ability. If you do not believe in your own ability, you cannot succeed. And because we don't understand that, we don't understand the power of the thought, the power of your heart to be able to control your future, that's why you don't control it. 
You allow all sorts of things to come in and you see it in the church. A man has spent time praying and praying and praying. After he gets out of the church, ah, I'm going to be sick. Ah, I'm not going to get that contract. Oh, I'm going to fail this exam. You have just spent hours praying. And now you turn around and you are making, you're using your mouth to say those things. The reason is because your heart is already defeated. That's why. So many do not come, many do not guard their heart because they don't know the power of the thought to shape the future. Number three, many do not know, many do not guard their heart because they simply don't know how to do it. They have not been trained on how to guard their hearts. They have no idea what it means to even guard their hearts. And that's why they expose themselves to all sorts of things. They expose themselves to all sorts of ideas. They expose themselves to all sorts of influence. And at the end of the day, they are not able to stand strong. Why number four do people, why do people know why do we fail to guard our heart? We fail to guard our heart because many of us simply lack the discipline to control our thoughts. You see somebody you don't like, you begin to focus on that person. I don't like this person. I don't like this person. I don't like this person. And you keep saying it to yourself, saying it to yourself. Instead of just changing the situation. Or you walk into an environment that that environment is not the way you look at. It's not, the, it's not what you expect. And you begin to psych yourself up. At the end of the day, you are not able to function in that environment. Many of us are not able to guard our heart because we lack the, the discipline. It is very easy not to do anything. It's only very difficult for you to be able to exert yourself. And that's why it's often said that a dead fish can easily swim downstream. It's easy. You don't have to do anything. And that is what is happening in our society because people don't know how to. It is too difficult for you to manage the affairs of your heart. And then finally, we do not guard our heart because we live in a pessimistic culture that discourages and ridicules a, you know, a guarded heart. What that means is simply, what that simply means is that when you are talking to your mate, or you are talking to your friend, or you are talking in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a society, you find out that when you tell them that, oh, I don't watch that, oh, I don't read that, oh, I don't, they look at you and say, what's wrong with this? Or you think you are holier than us? You think you are better than us? Because they ridicule the people who try to control their heart. When you speak positive, they say, oh, you think we are special. They ridicule the people who try to control their heart, and that is why a lot of people don't want to be ridiculed, and they don't do it. That's why people don't confess positive anymore. That's why people don't do things that will make them to be able to move forward. Because we live in a pessimistic culture that discourages the garden of the heart, many people don't do it. And because we do not guard our hearts, because you do not control the things that come into your heart, what you find is that we allow deep-rooted negative thoughts to remain there. You believe you cannot do it. You believe you will not be able to prosper. You believe you will not be able to get that job. You believe that things are not going to happen for you. And as you continue to push that thing inside your system, at one point in time, those things begin to manifest. People don't like me. People don't like me. So when you walk into a room, you are expecting people not to like you, and then they respond back to you. People don't like me. So you begin to have what is called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because that is what you have fed your mind, and that is what your mind is returning back unto you. We begin to live in danger of being, you know, of having negative thought rooted in our heart. When you don't guard your heart, what you will find is that you become defenseless and exposed. Anything that comes out from the junk in the media comes right into your heart. And that is why you find that people are now susceptible to a lot of violence, a lot of uh, pornography, a lot of sexual things, and, and are now bombarding because we have left ourselves undefended. We have left ourselves exposed, and the heart is not being assaulted by all those kind of things. Number three, when you don't guard your heart, you find out that you become polluted, and you, know, you become defiled and polluted. And that's why you find that in the church. A lot of people cannot pray. Not because they don't want to pray. But because they have been so polluted that they cannot even go to the presence of the Almighty God anymore. 
You find that they cannot have a relationship with the Almighty God. Not because they don't want to, but because they have exposed themselves in such a filthy environment that they find it very difficult to be able to connect with the Almighty God. When you don't guard your heart, you expose yourself to defilement and pollution. When you don't, when you don't guard your heart, you become controlled and manipulated. And that's why a lot of people today, they take a position where they don't even understand. You see people talking about the current political environment as if they had dinner with the president yesterday. And the guy did not even know how to use fork and knife. They talk to him as if he, they talk about an individual that they don't even know. They talk about situations as if they were there. That's because they have listened to all sorts of junk and they don't have the ability to separate. They don't know how to be able to filter. And our minds are now being controlled. We are now like useful idiots because your heart is not being guarded. You allow all sorts of things to come into your heart. Because you are not guarded. You don't know when to separate. You don't know what, they, you don't know what to allow and what not to allow. And eventually when you don't guard your heart, what you will find is that you are going to reap the reward of an untended heart. For those of us who have garden in front of our house or who have flower bed in front of our house, during the summer, if you don't ask your gardener or whoever is cutting your grass for you and they don't cut it properly, you will find that before you know what's happening, that garden, those, those grasses will begin to grow into the flower bed. And if you don't take time, they keep growing, they keep growing. If you leave them unattended, what happens? They take over the entire garden. And then your flower begins to look like weed. And then you know that you, that's why people begin to wonder, is this a flower or is this a weed? The reason is because you have not taken the time to be able to trim it. You have not taken the time to be able to prune the place. You have not taken the time to be able to guard those particular flowers. The point we are making is that when your heart is not guarded, when your heart is not protected, all sorts of things begin to come in, and before you know what's happening, you become a very bitter, angry person. And then you wonder, how did you get to this point? How did you become so angry? How did you become so bitter? How do you become so vengeful? How do you become so unforgiving? The result is because your heart has not been guarded. And as such, all sorts of things have been allowed to come in. The question then is, how do you guard your heart? How do you guard your heart? How do you make sure you are not filling your heart with a... How do you make sure that you are not filling your heart with a lot of junk? How do you fill your heart with a lot of good stuff? Open to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, reading from verse number 7, the Bible tells us. Sorry, Philippians chapter 4, reading from verse number 4, the Bible says, It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in pray, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which pass all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And now I want you to look at verse number 8. Paul the apostle now said, he said, Finally, brethren, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honest, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is of, of, uh, of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any praise, he said, think on those things. In other words, be careful the kind of things that you are spending your time on. And be careful what you are allowing into your, into your heart. Be careful the things that you ruminate on, that you soak yourself in. He said, those things must be true. They must be honest. They must be just. They must be pure. They must be lovely. They must be of good report. They must have virtue and they must engender praise. Those are the things you want to put your attention on. Now from this verse of the, of the scripture, Paul the apostle is telling us that a man and a woman who will guard his heart in this evil world is a man who must first of all learn how to feel and meditate on certain things. So in other words, before you can even start to guard your hearts, 
before you can begin to do anything about your heart. Paul the Apostle is saying, you must learn how to fill your heart, number one, first, with honorable and worthy thoughts. I've said it here before, and I'll say it again. Can you imagine these two monitors that are behind us here? Imagine the wires that are connecting, that are showing what is coming from the computer and is projecting there. Assuming those wires are connected to my heart. Eh? Just assume they are connected to my heart. And the thoughts that are going through my heart are pictures. What kind of pictures will you be seeing up there? What kind of picture will you be seeing up there? Let's flip it around. What if it is connected to your heart? What kind of pictures are we going to be seeing up there? Paul the Apostle is saying that if you are going to guard your heart, you have to be very deliberate. Say, make sure you fill your heart with what? Honorable and worthy thoughts. Not only that, fill your heart with words that are con- word-conforming thoughts. In other words, the thoughts that conform to the word of God. Say, fill your heart with it. Anything that is contrary to the word of God, say, make sure you don't allow it to come in. Fill your heart with word-conforming thoughts. Not only that, fill your heart with lovely and peaceful thoughts. Not only that, fill your heart with commendable and worthwhile thoughts. Not only that, fill your heart with excellent and praiseworthy thoughts. Thoughts that will glorify the name of the Almighty God. He said, when you do these things, that is when you can begin to start guarding your hearts. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, We thank you for listening.